superchargers, headlights, and more. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. With over 122 million parts and eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Plus, with prices that don't break the bank, you can stay on your A-game. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello, everybody. Welcome into another episode of the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. I am Ryan Wormley, joined on this Friday morning before Christmas by Derek Brown and Pat Fitzmorris. We are all wearing red. I am traveling, so this is literally the only Christmas sweater I have, but it's one of my favorites. It's nice and comfortable. It's red. It's got reindeer. It's very festive. We are just a couple of days away from the big holiday, and from a big holiday weekend of football, we will run through some Week 16 key questions here. This is the fantasy semifinals in most leagues, so hopefully you're still alive if you're watching the show, or if not, we appreciate you watching and supporting us anyway. Uh, Fitz actually wanted to set up a question to Debro to recap the Thursday Night Football game. Just a quick recap of the score. It was Rams 30, Saints 22. Fitz, what question did you want to pose to Debro? Yeah, I was going to ask Debro who, and I know he hasn't put together his 2024 draft rankings yet, but I was curious who he thinks he might have higher in his wide receiver rankings between Chris Olave and Puka Nakua. Oh, <laughs> oh man, this is a good question, man. Um, I mean, both of them are going to be top 15 guys. I think I give the lean to Puka, man. Like, um... And this comes down to, like, yes, we can make a conversation for both of them based off of talent, but if you're telling me and assuming with, like, what the Rams are doing this year, looking at Matthew Stafford, I think he's going to be back next year, and the talent divide between a car-led offense and a Stafford-led offense with some more pieces put around Puka and Cup next year, yeah, I'm going to lean Puka, but it's close, man. It's real close. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about this, and and like I am a big Chris Olave guy, and I've got him in same a ton of leagues this year, and you know didn't really get my hands on Puka uh, anywhere, which was unfortunate. But I I think I am going to have Puka a smidge higher, although it wouldn't surprise me if these guys are adjacent in my rankings next year, and probably in that ten to fifteen range. I, I think it's the McVeigh factor that pushes me toward Puka, and like wide receiver, he just has a way of getting wide receivers uh, to to play to their max and, and get open. Like his scheme gets these guys open. We saw Robert Woods smash a couple of years ago. And I, th- I think everyone thinks that, you know, Robert Woods is a, a fairly ordinary talent. Maybe that's underselling what he was at the height of his career. But, um, you know, like he, we've seen him have multiple very valuable fantasy assets, a wide receiver in the past before, and no reason that can't happen again. Well, and what we what we saw to begin the season, I would say that the ceiling is higher for Puka too, because like what we've seen over the last few weeks has been more of like those Woodsian type of statistical outputs. Yeah. If we go back to the beginning of the season and he was getting fed and he looked like Cooper Cup MVP Cooper Cup, where he's getting fifteen targets a week and Cup goes more into the Robert Woods role, that's also what I think is the differentiator because if that in that iteration of Puka, he's the wide receiver one overall for the for the season. Well, you, you you say like, you know, Puka has the higher ceiling. And yes, he's got a crazy high ceiling. We all remember the start to the season. This is not a knock on Puka mm-hmm. at all. But like Alava has all these unrealized air yards. He's got a terrible quarterback situation. He's super talented. Like the ceiling is extremely yep. high there if they can figure out that situation. For whatever yep. it's worth, points per game this year. This is prior to last night's game. And half PPR, Alave is at 11.7 and Puka's at 13 and a half. Of course, we are hoping for maybe a better offensive situation or that Alave will be in next year so hopefully that would be a little bit higher last night he uh nine for 123 and puka nine for 164 and a touchdown just four players targeted for the rams last night which is we love to see just just target the guys we want and let them get everything and and feast it wasn't quite there for cooper cup but uh great games from puka and kyron williams matchup previews Let's jump into our matchup previews here. We're going to start with the Saturday slate. We've got a couple of games on Saturday this week after three last week. We will start with Bengals at Steelers. 
And Debra, my question to you is how intriguing is T. Higgins coming off of what has been a pretty rare, strong game this season uh, and with Jamar Chase out? Oh, man, T has been a hard player to rank this week. And people might not think that he's that hard to rank because he's going to be the wide receiver one for Cincinnati. He's going to get target volume like we saw last week, like the bounce back game with Chase getting hurt. But the other pushback point is he also could get shadowed by Joey Porter Jr., who has been a monster. I've talked about him on numerous shows. I mean, the guy has just been shutting down everybody. Like, he shadowed Calvin Ridley, DeAndre Hopkins, Amari Cooper, Jamar Chase, uh, Marquise Brown on 50 to 89% of the routes. Only Chase surpassed 50 receiving yards, and none of those guys scored touchdowns against Joey Porter Jr. So that's definitely in the bag. But the other side of that coin is... Last week, before Pittman left the game, he wasn't getting shadow coverage. He only got uh, he only saw Joey Porter Jr. on 33% of his routes. So there is a wide range for T. Higgins this week. So I, I don't mind people ranking him aggressively, like top 15, top 20, like wherever you have him. That's fine. But we also need to also identify that the floor, because if he does get the shadow coverage, Porter can erase him from this game. He's an ECR wide receiver 18. That is, of course, behind Cup, Puka, and Alave, guys who have already played. Um, quickly on Joey Porter Jr., how would you compare his rookie season to Sauce Gardner's rookie season? Man, um, considering... Sauce, Sauce, is, Sauce is kind of the standard bearer of recent, like, elite, right-off-the-bat rookie corners. So they have played very different roles in the sense that the way the jets play a lot of zone coverage, they don't ask their guys to man up. So sauce has only ever been asked to, because people always throw out there. Well, well sauce could shadow sauce does not shadow sauce has never shadowed sauce doesn't shadow in that defense. So what he's asked to do versus what Porter jr has been asked to do has been ex like incredibly different roles. I would give the lean to Porter jr as what he has done and being asked to be a shadow corner out of the hop and who he has shut down in that process has been more impressive. And I understand the standard that that comes with, but it's real. Fitz T Higgins, no Jamar chase. Good game last week. He's like I said, wide receiver 18, but again, that's behind a couple of guys who have already played. Yeah. And I'm, Behind consensus on him, I think I'm at wide receiver 23, and it is because of the Joey Porter Jr. factor. Um, but this is going to be fascinating to see how Higgins fares in this matchup because he is on the verge of hitting free agency, and we might be on the verge of some true Higgy mania in the offseason, especially if he smashes down the stretch with Jamar Chase out. But, like, that's the thing. Like, he's probably going to go somewhere if he if the Bengals don't tag him or find a way to keep him. And I don't know if they can, like, if they have the money to do that. But, um, like, he's going to go somewhere where he will be a number one receiver, most likely. And if that's the case, on one hand, it does enhance the target outlook, not having to be usurped by Jamar Chase a lot of weeks. But at the same time, it's also going to mean coverage from tougher cornerbacks. He is going to occasionally run into shadow coverage from the likes of Joey Porter Jr. So this is going to be a fascinating test for him, sort of an audition for his uh, next team. NFL fans, it's time to unwrap nonstop football action. This holiday season, throw down on big matchups with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. This week, new customers can bet just 5 bucks on the NFL and score 150 instantly in bonus bets. We've got an excellent holiday weekend of football coming up, including... Bengals Steelers, Browns Texans, Lions Vikings, Cowboys Dolphins, obviously. But the clear game of the week and maybe even the year is Ravens 49ers on Monday night. The NFL's only two 11-win teams, one seed from each conference, squaring off in primetime on Christmas night. San Fran is favored, as they should be, I can admit that one. The total, uh, I think, is in the mid-40s last I looked. Uh, however you plan to bet the game of the year, Download the DraftKings Sportsbook now with code FANTASYPROS. New customers can bet $5 on NFL action to score 150 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code FANTASYPROS. The crown is yours. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 100 68 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gambling resources. Guys, let's go to the other Saturday game. Bills at Chargers. Two teams coming off of wildly different performances last week and really in recent weeks. Key question here, Fitz, starting with you. Josh Palmer feels like probably the toughest guy in this matchup to rank. I think we kind of know what we're doing with a lot of the other players here. Where does he rank for you and why? Wide receiver 41, and I believe I'm pretty solidly below consensus on him. I just don't trust anything with this Chargers offense or or with the Chargers more generally at this point. And, um, you know, Palmer had 113 yards and a touchdown in that blowout loss to the Raiders, but he got 79 of those yards and the touchdown on one play, and it was basically a busted coverage by the Raiders. So, um, you know, we talked about the cornerback matchup with T. Higgins, probably seeing a lot of uh, Joey Porter Jr. I'm pretty sure that Josh Palmer is going to see a lot of Razul Douglas in this game. Another pretty tough matchup, maybe not, you know, quite as tough as what Higgins is going to face. Um, so I'm I'm pretty pessimistic, honestly, about an Easton Stick-led Chargers offense. That seems somewhat understandable to be pessimistic about that. Uh, Debra, what do you think? I I mean, I, I was really surprised. Fitz and I are hand-holding. Like, I've got Josh Palmer as my wide receiver 41. I think that's perfectly right. Like, he's a wide receiver four, and I wrote this up in the primer, but, like, what are you hoping for with Palmer in an Easton stick-led offense? Like, you could point to the stat line. If people want to box score chase, that's fine. But if we want to talk about the real usage for Palmer – 12.5% target share, it's not going to get it done, man. And a Buffalo Bills secondary that's since week nine allowed the ninth lowest PPR points per target to a perimeter wide receivers. I can't rank him higher than wide receiver four. And there's so many other, because the thing about it is if you're starting him, he's probably a flex option for you. And there are so many better flex options this week than Palmer. Yeah, I think people are people are hoping he'll be hyper targeted with Keenan Allen out, but I don't know if that's going to be the case. He's not really that kind of a guy. He's not. I want to very quickly ask. I don't want to do a whole deep dive because we talked about him last week, but Stephon Diggs did have another bad game, even in this blowout for win for the Bills. Uh, he was wide receiver forty six last week. That's coming off of fifty seven, fifty seven, thirteen, and fifty six. So that's a lot of really struggles recently. So Debra, ten seconds or less. Stephon Diggs, he's still wide receiver six in ECR. Is that too high, too low, or just right? It's it's not high enough. This is a Diggs game. This is an Allen feeds Diggs game. This is a Diggs goes freaking nuclear game. I've got Stephon Diggs as my wide receiver two this week behind only Justin Jefferson. I think he goes off. Wow. Fitz, what do you think about Diggs again really quickly? Yeah, I mean, I got him as a mid-range wide receiver one. Not as high as Debro, but like the, the passing volume was really low for the Bill, ridiculously low mm, last yeah. week. It's It should be higher this week, uh, you know, even if they get to take their foot off the gas a little if it turns into a blowout. But um, the matchup is great. Diggs is still a terrific player. Don't don't sit him on your bench. I've, I've got some start-sit questions this week involving Diggs. Like, don't, don't sit. That, that, that's <laughs> something I, I want to really hammer home here. Play digs. Do not overthink it. He is going to go ham this week. I can't really play digs because the leagues where I had him, I got eliminated in, but uh, I would play him <laughs> if I had him still. Uh, I want to throw yeah. a player prop your guys' way. Just James Cook coming off of this monster game. We'll be taking these odds from DraftKings Sportsbook, of course. Over under 23 and a half receiving yards, 67 and a half rushing yards, plus 450 first touchdown score. Do any of those stand out to you? He's, he's minus money on any time touchdown, so I didn't include that. But again, 23 and a half receiving, 67 and a half rushing, plus 450 first touchdown. I see a lot of finger pointing up for Debra. I'm just give give me all the overs. Chargers Chargers uh, run defense has been terrible. James Cook's getting fed. Um, while I think this is a really good option for Josh Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs to really get going in the passing game, I mean James Cook is going to eat. Give me the overs. Fitz, any of those stand out? 
I'm not going to mess with the touchdown or the receiving Same. yardage props, but uh, yeah, I'll smash the over on the rushing total. I mean, look what he has done since Joe Brady has yeah. taken over mm-hmm. as the play caller. Let's go to the Sunday early afternoon slate. Colts at Falcons. Debro, if any B. John Robinson managers actually manage oh, man. to survive week 15, will he reward them in week 16 or is Arthur Smith going to cause shenanigans again? Good Lord. I mean, it's Arthur Smith. You never can rule it out, man. Like, uh, I. So what I'll say is I think I think Bijan does have a bounce back game and the Colts run defense has not been one that we have to be scared about. I mean, since uh, since week 10, 10th most rushing yards per game, 12th highest yards of the contact per attempt allowed. So if Arthur gets out of his own damn way and gives the ball to his best players, a la Bijan Robinson, he's going to have a really good day. So I, I will lean with Bijan having a good day. Fitz, uh, I can understand anybody who maybe like doesn't want to go back to well because they were burned. But if you're alive, like you're definitely starting Bijan. So where should he be ranked this week? He's currently uh, RB7 in ECR. I think that might be exactly where I have him. And um, yeah, we're on the uh, Christmas is right around the corner. Nothing makes me feel grinchier than a mention of Arthur Smith's name. <laughs> um, and and. Here's just an example. This game against the Panthers last week, the Falcons Ugh. ran 51 offensive plays, 51, and they got touches or targets to Bijan Robinson, Drake London, and Kyle Pitts on 17 of those 51 offensive plays. One third of their offensive plays uh, involved Bijan, Drake London, or Kyle Pitts in a must win game against the worst team in the league. Like, that's just horrifying. So who the heck knows what Arthur Smith is going to do this week? Like, it it could be another 15, 16 carry game for Tyler Algier. But what I do know is that after Falcons owner Arthur Smith uh, drops the axe on Arthur, or Arthur Blank, excuse me, get my, get my Arthur's mixed yeah. up. After Arthur <laughs> Blank drops the axe on Arthur Smith on Black Monday, I do know that I am going to have a blast studying the... Uh, play calling tendencies of the Falcons new offensive coordinator or head coach. Yeah. Uh, I want to start calling him Arthur Grinch, by the way. That's that's a a, a great comparison. I've been listening to a lot of your mean one, Mr. Grinch, just with holidays and being around a lot of little kids. And like, I would totally, if I had to pick between Arthur Smith and a seasick crocodile, I would take the seasick crocodile. (laughs) All all I'm going to say to wrap a bow on this is this week, we're all Colts fans, baby. We're all Colts fans. (laughs) <laughs> yes, I uh, I totally agree. Uh, our multi-league assistant, I want to mention quickly, it makes juggling multiple leagues easier than ever. Head to fantasypros.com slash myplaybook to get expert advice for all your teams in one spot so you can dominate every league every week. Let's go to Packers at Panthers. Chuba Hubbard has been RB25 or better in six of his past seven games. So we know the floor is there with his volume, but what is his ceiling in a strong matchup like this fits? It's a top five running back finish worm. Mm -hmm. And I would not be surprised at all if that happened. In fact, I think I I predicted that in our bold predictions, uh, weekly bold predictions article over his last three games, Hubbard has had 25, 23 and 22 carries which has led to fantasy finishes of RB6, RB24, and RB18. So he hasn't cracked the top five yet, but uh, he's gotten snap shares north of 70% in each of his last two games. Now he gets a matchup against my Green Bay Packers, who have given up the fourth most rushing yards and ninth most fantasy points to running backs. Green Bay's run defense ranks 26th in DVOA. It's a great matchup. The usage has been there. Um, It's just a matter of getting into the end zone. And we know that Carolina's sickly offense sort of limits the diminishes the touchdown outlook for Chuba Hubbard. But, uh, you know, if he can get into the end zone, I think a top five RB finish this week is, is well within reach. Debra, if you go to our expert consensus rankings page, one of the you know columns in the middle is the matchup rating and the matchup rating for Chuba Hubbard this week is so good that it's even got a little fire emoji next to it because we want Beautiful. everybody to know this is a great, great matchup. Although he's only at RB20 in uh, in ECR. Why? Uh, I, I don't know if that's going to move up between. I mean, we're already here on Friday morning. Like, I would think it should move up, but they folks have had all week to do it and they haven't. Um, but yeah, he's RB20 right now. Great matchup, though. 
I, I was going to say that I was going to ask you where he was in ECR because I felt like people are not going to put enough respect on his name. And just to add on top of everything that Pat just nailed since week 12, Chuba Hubbard has been the RB 11 in fantasy points per game. That is why he is my RB 12 for the week. Confidently starting him as an RB one. Love it. I, I love the, uh, the uh, aggressive approach there. I'm totally in lockstep with you. Uh, this game is the perfect opportunity to bring up this year's fantasy over-under challenge presented by betting pros. Each week, the guys will be making over-under picks for 10 different players for how many fantasy points we expect them to score. Submit your picks at fantasypros.com challenge to play along with the guys so you don't miss out on the chance to win awesome prizes. One of this week's players is Jordan Love. His line this week is set at 17 fantasy points against the Panthers. Do we think he goes over or under fits? I'm going to say under. It's a good line, but um, I don't know what they're going to have at wide receiver. Jaden Reed has been missing practice. I, I saw Christian Watson return to practice yesterday. I don't know if he's on track to play or if he, I, I think they said he was very limited, just sort of doing things on the sideline, but um, you know, not full firepower, not, perfect health for his wide receivers and the Panthers just don't give up a lot of passing yards. Part of it is because they get trucked so often that like the volume against them just isn't there. I don't know if the Packers are going to win big in this game, but I think under is the better percentage play here. Debra under easy under. I mean, look at for everything that Fitz just laid out, but also just the matchup like Carolina, like we can, you know, make all the jokes we want to about their offense um, and their run defense. But their past defense has been amazing all year. They've been top five in basically everything you look at. So Jordan Love, it's an easy under for me. Next game on the slate, Browns at Texans. Really interesting game for the AFC playoff picture here. Even with C.J. Stroud out, Noah Brown was excellent in Week 15. Can he do it again with a backup quarterback going against a much stronger Cleveland defense fits? I'm pretty skeptical. Uh, I think I have Brown like ranked wide receiver 44. So our wide receiver four range, that's like eight spots below consensus or something like that. Uh, Nico Collins is probably coming back. Dalton Schultz came back earlier. So Brown has target competition now on throws from a backup quarterback, Case Keenum, against an excellent defense. I, I just don't like the setup here. Deber, what do you think about Noah Brown this week? I think you could make a case for him anywhere between the wide receiver three to wide receiver four range. Um, as of like, I started at the, I began the week with him as a mid wide receiver three. Now I've since moved him down to, uh, where was he in my last update? Wide receiver 40. Um, just because if Nico does play, it decreases the target comp or the target uh, availability for him as well as the matchup is terrible. So there's just a lot of other options I like and better spots. But could he pay off based off a of target volume and Nico Collins is still not a definite to play? And if he doesn't play, is he a wide receiver three? Probably. But I'm not high on uh, Noah Brown this week. I want to ask about Amari Cooper as well on the other side of this one. Since Deshaun Watson was ruled out for the season, he's gone four for 34, two for 16, three for 34, seven for 77 last week. No touchdowns in any of those games. And then last week, or excuse me, that was two weeks ago. Last week, he was four for 109 with a touchdown. His wide receiver finishes were all 31st or worse until last week. So it was last week kind of maybe this offense is figuring out how to use him a little bit better without Deshaun Watson there finally, or was it kind of a flash in the plan, just a couple of fluky plays? What do you think, Debra? I think Cooper's going to eat this week. I've got Cooper as my wide receiver 13 in ranks. Like, the matchup is fantastic. He's been fed a ton of volume from Joe Flacco. Like, uh, he had a 14-target game with Flacco under center. He's had 2.1 yards per route run, a 27% first read share. Houston's secondary since week nine is allowing the sixth most PPR points per target. So these corners can't cover. We know that the and, – and throw this out here, man. The Browns are a pass-first offense with Joe Flacco. He has not attempted less than 44 passing attempts in any game with him under center. Cooper's going to eat, man. Fire him up. Fitz, was week 15 a sign of a strong finish incoming for Amari Cooper or a flash in the pan? I, I think it's kind of a murky outlook because we've seen this range with Flacco at quarterback ranging from what what was it, like a 34-yard game to the, the over 100-yard game last week. Um, Debra, like Daryl Stingley Jr. is healthy, right? I mean, he's he a— 
he's a pretty good corner. And if he sees a lot of Cooper this week, I'm not sure we're going to get that smash game. Like, I don't want to get too hung up on wide receiver cornerback matchups because I think they get overplayed a lot of the time. But um, that's maybe what discourages me from ranking Cooper as aggressively this week as Debro has him. Fellas, it's that holiday time of year again, and if you're looking for something different for that favorite person on your list, think Game Time. Tickets for sports, concerts, and comedy shows, all of which make a fantastic gift this year, even if it's last minute. So many games to watch on any given day, but wouldn't it be better to be there live? The best way to get tickets to any of these games this month is on Game Time, the official ticketing app of Fantasy Pros Fantasy Football. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you peace of mind with your purchase. They'd let you see the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive plus they're all in prices show your total up front so you always know you're getting a great deal and it takes no time at all you can buy tickets in seconds with two taps so download the game time app and redeem code fantasy pros for $20 off your first purchase terms apply again download the game time app and enter code fantasy pros all one word for $20 off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Let's go to Lions at Vikings. Debro, starting with you. Jordan Addison had a huge game with Nick Mullins under center for the Vikings. Is this the start of an Amon Ra-esque fantasy playoff star-making run to finish the season for the rookie? I don't think it's Amon Ra-esque, but does that mean that he cannot be really good for us down the stretch? No, I think that Addison is going to ball out. Um, Looking at these matchups he has coming, he's got Detroit this week, obviously. After that, he gets Green Bay. We just saw what their secondary has done over the last few weeks, and then he gets Detroit again. So I think Addison's going to have a very strong uh, end to his season. The positives for him is, one, yes, the talent uh, to the matchups, but the downside for him is he's still the number three target in this offense, so he is going to go as Nick Mullins goes. Now, can Nick Mullins play really good in these three matchups? I think so, but we also still have to take everything with a little bit of a grain of salt and why I can't put him in the Amon Ross St. Brown kind of category. There is a guy that I think we should put in that category, but we'll discuss him later. But we also need to understand that Addison last week, 17.6% target share. So while he had a great game, he wasn't in that 20 to 25 range. He wasn't drawing like high end wide receiver two. like that's, that's wide receiver three type of usage. So just as long as we put him in the right bucket, I think that he can have a strong finish to the season. Fitz, what do we think about Jordan Addison, potential fantasy playoff winner? Yeah, I mean, Debro touched on why I don't think we can confidently predict a, an Amon Ra St. Brown type finish because we can uh, generally count on Amon Ra for double digit targets in any given game. It's pretty rare for him to not get double digit targets. Whereas uh, Addison's got Justin Jefferson there and TJ Hawkinson. So, um, but it's funny, last week people had him ranked, I think his ECR was in the wide receiver four range. And, uh, you know, like I understood it because Jefferson had come back. It was Nick Mullins at quarterback, who was a wild card. And then, you know, Addison smashes 111 yards, two touchdowns. So naturally, Addison's ECR has soared and is now on the cusp of wide receiver two range this week, which I think might be a little too aggressive. I mean, Jefferson and Hawkinson are still around. Uh, It's still Nick Mullins, although Mullins is uh, pretty aggressive about taking shots downfield, which I think you like if you're an Addison investor. Um, But no, like he's not going to take over as a a high volume target. So I'm, I'm optimistic. He's just a really good player. But there is some sort of uh, like a bit of a target squeeze. Where do you have him ranked this week, Fitz? Um, I've got him at wide receiver 28. Are you around that or you be below that? I'm I'm also wide receiver 28, buddy. Love it. Love it. But by the way, I know you guys knew what I meant, but just to be clear, in case anybody wasn't like when I say Amon Ra St. Brown-esque, you know, run, I'm referring to his rookie year, not to Amon Ra right yeah. now. But yeah. when he finished sure. crazy yeah. strong in December. But, but he did have like crazy target totals yes. in that. And, and season sure. there is, no one else was healthy at the yeah. time for, for the Lions. There is a rookie we're going to discuss later that is going to be on that trajectory. It's just not Addison. Ooh. Yes. I, okay. I wonder if uh, any listeners can guess who Deeper is referring to. Well, with that one, I'd be curious to hear if they can. Uh, I do want to go to another betting pros over under challenge here with Jameer Gibbs against the Vikings. Gibbs's line this week is set at 13 fantasy points, D-Bro. What do you think about that? I think 
I think I'll take the over. It's a really good line. I'll take the over just based off of talent. The matchup itself is terrible, but I think we, we, we've seen enough out of Gibbs. Like he needs a touchdown to probably get there. And I think he gets it. Yeah, I agree. It's a, it's like a really good line. It's one of the best lines I think we've seen all yeah. season. I, I like did, really didn't line. know what to do with it. I'm probably going to lean the under, but it's, it's an awesome line. I could go either way. Fitz, what do you think? Yeah, it's just whether you get a couple of big plays from yep. Gibbs because we know he can put up points in a hurry with those splash plays. Um, but man, like the usage has, he's getting the touches that make the odds of a splash play a lot better than they were early in the season when David Montgomery was just kind of dominating the early down stuff. Now, like Gibbs is mixing in on early down. So um, yeah, like really good line. I'm going to go over also. Let's go to Commanders at Jets. Who wins the battle of the movable force <laughs> against the stoppable object? Jets passing game versus the Commanders pass defense. Fitz, oh, who wins oh. that uh, clash of the Titans? Oh, good Lord. What a great question this is. Uh, God, I, I can't even pick a winner. I'll say, I'll say the Commanders mostly win and have a slight edge in the decision. I don't think there's a knockout on either side. I think this goes to the judges' cards. Um, but I will say Garrett Wilson has a pretty good day. We'll say 75 yards and a touchdown. Okay. I mean, that would be – like last week it was, what, three catches, 29 yards, no touchdown. So I think managers would happily take the line you're saying. What do you think, Debra? I think um... – yeah, I'm with Fitz on this one. I think that the Jets are going to have an okay day, like throwing the ball, but I really think this is all Brees Hall day. Um, just because the Jets are not going to be forced to throw the ball that much. Like the Commanders are not going to be leading in this game. The Jets defense is going to have a great day. And so a lot of Brees in this game, and Garrett's volume is probably going to get limited. So I'm around where Fitz is. Give me five for 60 and a touchdown from Garrett Wilson. I want to ask on the other side about Sam Howell, who has been a great value for fantasy managers this season. And I'm wondering what kind of trust level we have in him against a really good Jets defense. He's QB, I think it's like 22 in ECR right now. And I know he was bad last week, QB 29. But if you look prior to that, the previous six weeks in a row, he was a top 10 quarterback. Also, it's six, uh, excuse me, eight out of the last nine. One of those other weeks that he wasn't that, he was still QB 13. I mean, He's been really good from a fantasy perspective this year and very reliable as a low-end QB1 this season. I know the matchup's tough. What are we doing with him if you have him? And he's kind of carried you to this point, but he's facing a really good Jets defense, Fitz. Sitting him if you can. Um, good Lord. I, I don't have any trust in him at this point. Like He's been a better fantasy quarterback than real-life quarterback all season, and it's due to pumped-up passing volume mixed with a little bit of running to add value. Um, so now the fantasy value is starting to crumble. Howell has struggled so badly in his last two starts. Uh, 127 yards against the Dolphins, 107 yards against the Rams, and was pulled late in that game for Jacoby Brissett. Over the last two weeks, he has completed 46.9% of his throws and is averaging 4.7 yards per pass attempt. Um, like He could easily get pulled again if he flounders against the Jets. And and with that defense, the odds of a face plant are, uh, you know, it's it's not a remote possibility. It's a very real possibility. Yeah, I mean, and, and I'm glad you brought up that he actually really struggled in that, you know, not just last week, but the last start prior to that, because he was QB9 that's driven by, you know, rushing and, and touchdowns. It's not driven by uh, any sort of, uh, you know, job well done in the passing game. It, it's funny because, like, he has been so... Like, is he the player who the gap is widest between fantasy value and real life value this season? Is there anybody else I'm forgetting? He's way up there. He is way up there for sure. And it's like, you know, I've got him on some dynasty rosters. I, I probably should have moved him uh, while I had the chance because now I'm, I'm not feeling Damn. great about the 2024 outlook for him. <laughs> yeah, it is remarkable to look at his finishes this season, like knowing that like this is not a good team and he hasn't been like that good when you're watching a couple of nice throws here and there. Of course, he's not awful, but like he's not really been that good of a quarterback, but it's like every QB finish is like QB 14 or better. Almost. There's really only a couple of standouts that aren't just shows you the power of rushing and, and, and touchdowns. Debro, Sam Howell in this matchup, what do you think? I I'm just going to echo everything Fitz said. I have no faith in him. I don't even have faith that he put, he finishes his game. Like tell me looking at this coaching staff, I don't think that we Ron Rivera is going to be there after this season. They're I'm not going to say they're floundering, but they're trying to win games because they're trying to save their jobs. 
And if you look at what they did last week, like they pulled Hal, Brissette came in and he played better. So if he starts off the beginning of that game and the first two drives and he stinks it up or he throws a pick six and then all of a sudden they're down like a touchdown or two, Hal might not even finish this game. There is no way in hell that I trust him in the fantasy playoffs. Uh uh-uh. I'm sitting him. I even in super flex formats, I'm starting positional players Should that I know flex. can give me points over Sam Howell. If you need new tires for your car, Discount Tire is your go-to. They have exceptional service, and you get a 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online at DiscountTire.com. They have this really cool feature called Treadwell, which is an online tire buying guide that gives you transparency on tire performance, as well as personalized recommendations based on your location and driving habits. Discount Tire is also the largest independent tire retailer in the country, so it has the biggest selection of tires and wheels. And here's a pro tip from the experts at Discount Tire. You can prevent wear and boost gas mileage by keeping your tires properly inflated. Tire pressure supports the weight of your vehicle and is important to check for safety. So if it's been over a month since you last checked your tire pressure, stop by one of their local stores for a free tire safety and air pressure check. Discount Tire, let's get you taken care of. Let's go to Seahawks at Titans. Fitz, how much stock do we put into Kenneth Walker dominating Seattle's rushing work against the Eagles last week? And I know there are some injury questions with Walker this week currently. Yeah, um, he's got a shoulder issue, so we're not totally clear whether he's going to play this week. But I I think you can roll with him um, pretty confidently if he does play. Like he outcarried Charbonnet last week, 19 to 4. Um, he only outsnapped Charbonnet 34 to 27. So Walker's still the leading man, but Charbonnet has a significant role for Seattle. And who knows, like if if the shoulder thing flares up during the game, like if he tries to play and gets gets popped hard, like maybe we see a little bit less of Kenneth Walker. But I, I think we still feel pretty good about him. I mean, look what he did to the Eagles last week. He looked fantastic. Debra, what do you make of this backfield? I mean, and Fitz mentioned the carries. He also mentioned the somewhat closer snap share. Also the catches. I mean, Walker had three catches. Charbonnet had zero. Theoretically, based on how they've been used in the past, you would think that might be reversed. So just this backfield in general, what are you doing with it? It's a mess. Um, I think the shoulder injury could play big. Like we're, we're talking about like what Fitz brought up here, like, If he does take a big hit early in the game, we can't rule out that like maybe the backfield tilts more to Charbonnet. So I think looking at him in the low end RB2, high end RB3 range, depending like equating also the injury risk in that is about where I'm at with Kenneth Walker. Not even talking about like the tough matchup, because whereas you can run on the Eagles, the Titans, there was a small sliver of the season where you could run on them. That's gone away over the last few weeks. The run defense is much more formidable. So I think looking at Kenneth Walker is the big play upside and the possibility for a good game here. Absolutely. I think we also need to understand the downside risk. So if you're setting lineups, kind of balance that risk out and maybe chase a little bit more ceiling in other spots to kind of cover yourself if the downside does hit with Walker. Guys, all good things must come to an end, including Derrick Henry smashing against the Texans. It was a rough one last week. He got the volume, but uh, did nothing with it. I think I saw some tweets that there was basically a historically low yardage output given the touches that he got. 16 carries, 9 yards on the ground, 4 catches, 1 yard through the air. So uh, a rough one for him and rough one for anybody who was counting on his typical self against the Texans that we'd seen historically. I want to ask you about his player prop this week. Again, these odds are coming from DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, 16 and a half rushing attempts, 65 and a half rushing yards. What do you think, Debra? Um, I'm going to take the over on both of those. Uh, I think that, is it is it scary to bet the overs for Derrick Henry right now? Absolutely. Is the matchup really good and it's better this week than it was last week for Henry? Yes. So I think they're going to give him volume. I think he's going to be more um, effective with the volume they give him because overall this season, Derrick Henry really really hasn't fallen off as far as like efficiency metrics, things like that. He's still breaking tackles at a incredibly high rate. It's just, he hasn't gotten the same amount of volume. I think he gets it here. 
Fitz, what do you think about Henry? Are you also betting on a bounce back? Yeah, Debro's talking about the tackle breaking rate of Derrick Henry. Unfortunately, like he starts breaking the tackles right after he gets the handoff a yard behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah, like true. that offensive line is so terrible. He's averaging what, like 1.3, 1.4 yards a carry over the last two weeks? It's it's just been hideous. So not touching the rushing attempt total, but I'll bet the under pretty confidently on that rushing yardage total. Let's get to the late afternoon slate. Jags at Bucks. Baker Mayfield was sensational last week in Green Bay. Sorry, Fitz. Did his performance say more about him or about the Packers defense? And Pat, of course, I will start with you on this one. Well, Worm, uh, you're a jerk for bringing up that uh, performance by the Packers. But I do want to thank you for giving me the opportunity to, uh, you know, go on a rant about Packer defensive coordinator Joe Barry. <laughs> yes. um, yeah. So like the, the Buccaneers, <laughs> Baker Mayfield had the first perfect passer rating by a visiting quarterback <laughs> in Lambeau Field history. Uh, there have been some pretty good visiting quarterbacks to have played in that place. Um, I, I do think it says more about the defense like they they played a soft zone and let Baker Mayfield just eat them alive throughout that game. Props to Baker for getting it done. But like the Packers have been pouring draft capital into the defensive side of the ball, and they have just continued to underachieve with what I think is some pretty good individual talent. Um, Yes, I'm I'm blaming the defense and not crediting Baker Mayfield too much for that uh, just nuclear performance well j- just in case uh anybody missed it let me let me read through the stat line here Fitz. <laughs> just uh, make sure you're listening closely uh, baker mayfield 22 of 28 381 uh-huh. passing yards and four touchdowns <laughs> zero interceptions for baker mayfield so just in case anybody hadn't seen it that's what he did in green bay at Lambeau Ooh. Field, you know, against the Packers. So that's that's, that's, like, the that's like 14. That's like 14 yards per pass attempt. Or 15 <laughs> yards. That's just crazy, man. Really, oh really an absurd performance, oh, and God. not one that I thought Baker oh. had in him anymore at this stage in his career. So, uh, good, good for him there, uh, Debro. Um, obviously, you're not quite as emotionally invested into that <laughs> that performance against that defense. But what do you think about Baker Mayfield? All right, Fitz, earmuffs, earmuffs, Fitz. <laughs> I think that this is more to give flowers to Baker. I think that he is playing better football. And do I think that the Packers pass defense is good? No, I don't think it's good. But what we've seen out of Baker over the last few weeks in this offense is he's not only found his footing, he's resurrected his career. Since week seven, he is third in the NFL in passing touchdowns. He's 11th in passer rating. So even taking the Packers out of this. Oh, and, and by the way, He's ninth in highly accurate throw rate. So uh, while, yes, he ripped the Packers apart, and yes, their pass defense is terrible, Baker is playing really good football. So we do not need to get let that get lost in the sauce. Uh, so I want to throw some odds here uh, for this week against the Jags for Baker. 20 and a half passing completions, 20, 233 and a half passing yards. Again, that's 20 and a half passing completions, mm. 233 and a half passing yards over or under. Debra? I'm going to stay away from the completions only because I'll have to go back and look at it. Like I, I, They've slowed their offensive pace down a lot, but give me the over for the passing yards confidently. Like Jacksonville secondary, like we want to talk about how bad secondaries are. Jacksonville might go to the Packers and say, look, hold my beer. Fitz, what do you think about those lines for Baker this week? Yeah, I like the over on Baker's passing yardage. Let's go to Cardinals at Bears. We are definitely starting Fields and DJ Moore, obviously. Which other Bears are we interested in starting in this juicy matchup for a team that has been kind of hard to pick who the right guys are to start each week for Chicago outside of Fields and Moore? Deeper, I'll start with you. I'm staying away from this freaking backfield, man. I don't know who the hell is going to get the touches. I don't know who's going to play the snaps. I don't know who's going to get the touchdowns. And I wrote it up in the primer and I just said, look, good luck. Pick pick the the Chicago running back that you love, uh, Khalil Herbert, Deontay Foreman, Roshan Johnson. One of them is going to have a good game. I don't freaking know who the hell it's going to be. I'll side with Roshan. But the guy I want to talk about here is Cole Komet because People are going to look at the season-long stats for the Arizona Cardinals and say they're really good against tight ends. Not really. If you look at what they face, they face the second fewest tight end targets per game, but they've given up the 10th highest yards perception to tight ends. So 
looking at all these volume stats like we do on a weekly basis and saying, oh, well, they don't give them much points per game. That's because every team has been allowed to feed the wide receivers, feed the run game, and there just hasn't been enough left on the plate for the tight ends. So start Cole Komet. I'm going to have him ranked as a top 12 tight end. I think that DJ Moore uh, has a good game. Justin Fields has a good game. And that's also going to leak over to Cole Komet. So I'm not worried about the Arizona Cardinals pass defense and shutting down tight ends. Fitz, we just heard that Debro has Cole Komet as a top 12 tight end this week. In the last seven weeks, how many of those weeks do you think Cole Komet has finished as a top 12 tight end? No, um, I'll say five. Six. Six of the last Six. seven wow. weeks. He's been tight at 9, 2, 12, 25, 10, 11, and 9. So it's usually a low-end tight end one, but the, it, this is in half PPR, by the way. But he has been there. It says something about the position since he has only one – or two – excuse me. It's two games with a touchdown in that stretch. But uh, what do you think about Komet or, or maybe the backfield if you're interested there too? Yeah, Debro covered it all pretty well. I think Komet's a low-end tight end one, and you can absolutely play him, and it's a really unpredictable backfield. I want to ask about a tight end on the other side here. Fitz and I will be on the Dynasty podcast that he and Bogman have. I'll be joining that as a host now and then in the new season. We are coming back in mid-January, so be on the lookout for that if you are a Dynasty player or are interested in getting into Dynasty. Super fun format. In honor of that podcast coming back next month, I want to ask how many tight ends rank ahead of Trey McBride in Dynasty right now. Fitz, I will start with you. Yeah, you ready for this list? Sam Laporta. (laughs) That, that's, that's about it. it. Yes. Wait, and, and maybe, yes, maybe Brock Bowers after he's drafted, and I'm gonna have to think about that one. Depending on on landing spot and yeah, basically, like got to see where he lands, got to see how he tests. But uh, yeah. Brock Bowers might be a candidate. Debra, I mean, Fitz just nailed this. That, that's that's what I was gonna come on here and say. I was gonna say, okay, fine. It's Sammy Ballgame at number one, and Trey McBride is number two. And anybody that doesn't see it that way, I'm sorry, but you're wrong. Like, Trey McBride, since week eight, people need to understand, Trey McBride since week eight has been the tight end one in fantasy. He has been producing like we hoped Travis Kelsey would produce this year. So if you if you don't agree with that, you're wrong. I'm sorry. He's he's tied in three in ECR. TJ Hawkinson still ahead of him. He shouldn't um, be. That might change in the offseason as people kind of reset, you know, for the new year going forward. Only two year age gap between the two. Um so, but like he's he's definitely ahead of like a guy like Dalton Kincaid, who we might think might have a really good year too in the Buffalo offense. Or if if Arthur Smith is out in Atlanta, do we think Kyle Pitts, like he's he's clearly ahead of those guys, right? He's clearly Deep ahead bro? of those guys for me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Easy. I think that's right. But I just just asking the question. Um yeah, he's been awesome awesome lately so feel very good about him if you have him in dynasty let's go to cowboys at dolphins really good game this week really important game for both conferences the cowboys were absolutely thrashed by the bills last week how will they bounce back against another afc east contender this week d bro i i think this game like i'm looking at the total and i'm gonna confidently bet the under on this game like it's not giving enough credit to both of these defenses and I think that this is going to be a a rock fight, like as Fitz would like to talk about. Like, this is going to be a rock fight. This is going to be a tough game. This is going to confidently go to the under, and I think Dak Prescott's going to have enough tough another tough game. Like, Miami's pass defense since Week Ten has been an elite unit. They're allowing the fourth lowest yards per attempt, the lowest passer rating in football, and the sixth lowest CPOE. So, Dak, good luck. That's all I got to say. I don't know if you said it. I'm pulling up the um, the odds now, but it's like 49 and a half, 50 and a half. Is something oh, like it was the total. 51 last time I looked 51. at it, and it should be. It, that's crazy let's, to me. Let's OK. So DraftKings has it at 50 even. So that might have gone down a little. I'm yeah. seeing a lot of in that range. But yeah, like over 50 or at least at 50 uh, is what we're seeing on that. One. Fitz, what, what, do you, what do you think about this game and, and a potential bounce back for the Cowboys? Yeah. So Dak is QB four in ECR. I've got him QB7. Uh, Tony Pollard is RB8 in ECR this week. I've got him RB12, and I I feel like RB12 might be too high for him. So I guess I'm not real optimistic about the Dallas uh, offense bouncing back. 
I've already bet the under on this game. So glad Debro brought up the betting angle. And uh, yeah, like the Miami defense has played so well. Debro mentioned some of the passing stats. How about the run defense? In Miami's last five games, the Dolphins have held opposing running backs to 54 rushing yards per game and 3.3 yards per carry. This has become an elite defense. So uh, shout out to former Badger Andrew Van Ginkle and the fellas. They're playing terrific. Neither running back for Miami was efficient in their blowout win a week ago, but it was Mostert who got the touchdowns over A-Chan. Which of the two do you like better this week, Fitz? Oh, you know my love for Devon A-Chan, but I got to go with Mostert here. He's getting more work, and he's been getting the goal line work. Yeah, uh, just to you know, share the ECR, Mostert's at RB6. That is behind both Kamara and Kyron Williams, who again have already played. So really RB4 of the remaining guys in ECR. A-Chan is a bit lower than that. He's down at RB22. So I think most people would agree with you. I just want to ask the question, given how good we've seen A-Chan at times. Debro, are you also Mostert over A-Chan? Oh, yeah. Uh, I've got Mostert yeah. at RB4 for the week. I mean, I think that yeah. he's going to be the engine for the for the offense. I think Miami wins this game. And I think Mostert is going to score at least one time. Like, uh, by the way, like, can we also throw out here, like, I, I put a tweet out last night. If you're not talking about... Puka or Kyron Williams is the MVP, like based off of where you drafted these guys, dude, Raheem Mostert needs to be in that conversation too. Oh, like he, I, he has I think to he's be. At, I don't know about, well, he might be ahead of them considering like the injury that Kyron has dealt with and like fair. Puka had like a That's little fair. bit of a, sl- a slump there in the middle yeah. of the season. I guess Mostert kind of did too, but I think, I think Mostert might be the right answer, honestly, like yeah. in terms of fantasy MVP. I mean, he, he's Touch in the conversation. He surely should be. Yeah. Absolutely. T- tier one fantasy MVP candidate this year, mm-hmm. for sure. Like he's, he's been amazing. Uh, I want to hit one last betting pros over under challenge here with Tua Tungavailoa. The line is set at 18 fantasy points against the Cowboys over or under for Tua. Debro, I see you shaking your head. Under. Uh, it, so easily under. Tua has been so matchup sensitive all year that I can't confident, confidently bet an, an over, even if Tyreek plays. Fits 18 fantasy points for Tua? Yeah, it's a little too high. I'm I'm going under, and I, I think it's just that passing volume isn't going to cooperate. Miami's got a really balanced offense. We're not going to see Tua throw it 40 times this weekend. Sunday night football, Patriots at Broncos. Fitz, sticking with you, what is our trust level in Javante Williams in a super tough matchup? Patriots are great against the run and also coming off of a tough game last week. It's pretty low. I like the player a lot, but over his last five games, Javante is averaging 3.4 yards per carry and 48.2 rushing yards per game. Now he goes up against a run defense that ranks number one in DVOA (laughs) for all the Patriots problems. uh, The one problem they don't have is stopping the run. They're giving up 69.8 rushing yards per game and 3.3 yards per carry to running backs. He has not gone over 100 rushing yards this season. He has not reached 70 rushing yards since week 10. Just, I mean, I know he's been coming back from the injury in the first part of the year, but yeah, even as he's gotten healthier and gotten the volume, just like hasn't quite been there for the big blow up game for Javante. He only has three touchdowns in the year. Debra, what do you make of him? And, and again, what we've both said is very tough matchup this week. I have no trust. None. Like, he hasn't done anything in tough matchups. This is a horrible, horrible matchup. And if you just point to the stat line that he had last week, if you were to tell me he'd walk away from this game with a similar stat line this week, I wouldn't push back against it. So in a lot of places, people might be starting Javante Williams as their RB2. Um, if you are, I would say look to other players. If you're starting in your flex I would absolutely be sitting him. I would go to so many other options over Javante in the flex. Based on uh, injuries and just how the season has gone in our shared, uh, you know, like our work dynasty league that all three of us are in, uh, I am in the semifinals and I am starting Tua as my only quarterback in a super flex league. And I'm starting Javante as my RB1 this week. And I'm going up against the one seed. So, well, boo freaking imagine boo for your rebuild team. Cause how many firsts do you have for next year? Warren? I do have four firsts for now. I wanted yeah. to take this year so badly. And I, exactly. could, I, I so unsuccessfully so tanked. Wing. It was amazing. Shout, shout so out so to our guy, Jonathan for his birth in the championship game. Yep. Sorry. Worm. <laughs> yes. yes, sir. yes. <laughs> you could, you could send him on through right, right off the bat. <laughs> Just let's, wave him let's, on. Let's, wave him on. Yeah. Let's go to uh, the Monday slate triple header here on Christmas day. 
Raiders at Chiefs to start things off. Are we going to see another true Patrick Mahomes blow up at all this season? Because just we're not quite getting there. Obviously, he's been really good individually, but not so much for fantasy based largely on these receivers. If we are going to see another true blow up game from Mahomes this year, wouldn't it make sense to come against the Raiders who he have dominated so clearly in his career, Debra? I think Patrick Mahomes is going to have himself, have himself a day and... The, the, I, I want to make this a Patrick Mahomes take, but the guy that I really want to discuss here is the Amon Ross St. Brown of this year in his rookie season is Rasheed Rice. He is going to, he's been crushing. He's going to continue to crush. Like I, Ethan, our amazing graphic designer reached out to me and said, who do you want to be the poster person for the primer this week? And I was like, it's Rasheed Rice, baby. Like he's going to lead people to fantasy championships this year. I mean, looking what he's done since week 12, 25% target share. 2.8 yards per route run. He has been a locked in wide receiver one in most of those games. I'm ranking him as a wide receiver one this week. So he is going to have a day and Patrick Mahomes is going to crush again. Ethan is a graphics rock star. Jonathan is a rock star too. Another behind the scenes guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though he's going to beat me in fantasy this week. Fitz, what do you think about Patrick Mahomes? And since he brought him up, uh, Debro uh, bringing up Rasheed Rice, what do you think about Rice as well? So I'm going to disagree with you, bro. Um, first of all, the Raiders' pass defense has been a sieve for most of the previous meetings against Patrick Mahomes. It's not a sieve anymore. It's a very respectable pass defense this year. Um, it, like, not great. I'm not saying it's like a it's, lights out. It's the quarterbacks they faced, Fitz. Like, look at the the laundry list of, of quarterbacks they played, man. Like, they played really bad guys for most of the year. Yeah, so here's the thing, though. Uh, Rasheed Rice... He is the only non-terrible wide receiver the Chiefs have. And even Rasheed Rice is not really a conventional wide receiver. He is a, a guy who catches wide receiver screens and little hitches and makes yardage after the catch. Like his average depth of target is like 4.3 yards this year. The Chiefs do not have a wide receiver who can win downfield by like running good routes and getting open. Like Rasheed Rice is not that guy. So that's part of why Patrick Mahomes has been so limited this year and why I've got him ranked as like a mid-range quarterback one this week. Like, I don't think it gets better for him over the next few weeks. And, you know, like it will be better next year. Like don't fade him next year because they're going to go out and they're going to draft someone or they're going to sign T Higgins. They're going to have more at wide receiver next year and, you know, make Rasheed Rice kind of that complimentary guy that I think he is. Uh, sorry, I just I can't buy Rasheed Rice being the next Amon-Ra. I want to throw out a player prop here as well on Mahomes. 285 and a half passing yards is the line. One and a half passing touchdowns. Fitz, it sounds like you're going under on that, especially the yards. Un- yeah, under on the yardage for sure. Uh, passing touchdowns is that's a good line. Debra, you said 285 was the passing yardage. 285 line? and a half passing yards, one and a half passing touchdowns. I'll stay away from the yardage line because I think it's a really good line. Like, I think he's going to flirt with that line, but I'll give me the over for the passing touchdowns. I think he throws for multiple scores this game. Let's go to Giants at Eagles. Given the Eagles' usual strength against the run and the fact that the Giants are likely to get blown out in this one, especially with the Eagles kind of angry coming after a loss, would it be justified to consider sitting Saquon Barkley if you have viable other options, Debro? No, you're playing Saquon. He's an RB1. I'm not worried about him. Um, And we just talked about what Kenneth Walker did versus the Eagles. This run defense, people need to understand this run defense has not been good at all this year um since week 10 they're allowing the fifth most rushing yards per game ninth highest explosive run rate 13th highest yards per carry to zone runs which barkley uh over the last few weeks 55 percent of his carries have been on zone runs so no i mean i'm I'm gonna rank barkley as an rb1 he's a must start for me i i specifically phrased the question as their usual strength against the run because i knew you were gonna highlight i've heard you mm-hmm. talk about it before that they haven't been quite as good this year debro you are an extreme outlier here though if you look at the staff rankings Erickson's got Saquon RB34. Joe has him RB32. Fitz has him RB24, which is the second highest, but you have him at RB12, it looks like, in our staff rankings. In the expert consensus rankings, he's a little higher than our staff has him outside of Debro. He's at RB21, but still, you, you are kind of the outlier here. So, Fitz, I'll throw it to you. An RB3? What is it that you're not seeing? I. Wow. That's, I thought I had him at RB16. Oh, maybe um, it has an update. I'm looking here at half PPR. Oh, uh, you know what? I that's that's my fault. It's late in the year. 
I was looking at the flex rankings, not running back. That's a that's a week sixteen brain error by me. I apologize for that. That's I'll I'll own it. That's totally. I mean, you are still the outlier, Debro. You have him RB seven. Yeah, Fitz got him sixteen. Joe has him RB nineteen, and Saquon has him RB or Erickson has him RB twenty one. I was looking at it correctly in the ECR. He is RB twenty one in ECR. That is not a flex ranking. But yes, I apologize for getting our staff rankings wrong. That's totally on me. But Fitz, you are still much lower than Debro. Yeah, uh, like I am lower, but I mean, that's still high end wider uh, running back to range like Saquon can run and catch. So he's got multiple outs in this matchup. And it's like it's not that daunting a matchup, as Debro pointed out. Yeah, I, I, I'm not saying that you should sit him. I just think it's if you have other viable options, I think it's worth at least considering. Although Debro uh, clearly disagrees. Let's go to the game of the year, as I mentioned earlier. Ravens at 49ers. Obviously, everybody's expecting this to be an awesome game. I heard on the Around the NFL podcast um, I was listening to the other day a stat that this is the first time we've gotten this late in the season a matchup between the two best teams by record in the NFL since the early 1980s. This is actually a lot more rare than you might think that literally the two best records in the NFL square off this late in the season. Just just an awesome, awesome game. I'm really excited. I think the Ravens are going to lose, to be fair, um, which will be disappointing. But I just think it's going to be a great game. I'm so curious to see how these teams match up against each other. You know, Mike McDonald going up against Kyle Shanahan. I just think it's going to be great. I want to ask you guys. Are there any usual fantasy starters that we're getting away from? I think a lot of people think about this game and they think about the you know, two QB MVP candidates and, and the offenses, but there's also two really good defenses that I'm really curious to see how they go up against each other. So Fitz, I'll start with you. Are we considering sitting anybody that we might not usually sit in this game? I mean, I think Lamar Jackson is the only Raven I'd feel comfortable starting. Like Zay Flowers has been erratic. Odell Beckham just disappeared last week. Gus Edwards is not going to suddenly get Derrick Henry type rushing volume. Like I, I think the perception is that he's going to get this big workload spike because of the Keaton Mitchell injury, but like the Keaton Mitchell touches and, and he wasn't getting all that many of them, quite frankly, are mostly going to justice Hill. Um, but as for the 49ers, yeah, like play, play all those guys. Like uh, the, the 49ers are so clear cut. Like they're just yeah. all like top options. You just, play those guys just just can't get away do you bro do you feel any differently Fitz didn't mention Isaiah likely maybe him what do you think oh like well 49ers are kind of a tough matchup on tight ends but likely is he's a low-end tight end one I should have should have mentioned him yeah I think you're starting likely um the guy that that I'll highlight here um and I talked about him on the start sit show Zay Flowers uh, I'm, I'm confidently sitting him I'm just looking at the matchup since week 10 the 49ers have the seventh highest rate of too high Against two highs, Zay Flowers has absolutely disappeared. Um, he's only got a 17% target share, 0.9 yards per route run against two highs. So Zay Flowers is a guy we've been ranking as a top 24, top 36 wide receiver. I'm going to have him outside of my top 36 this week. Uh, so I think you need to firmly uh, sit him. And I, I, I'm going to add this too, Worm. I think this game is incredibly interesting for the simple fact of this is a Super Bowl preview. These are the two teams that I think are going to face off in the Super Bowl. So we are getting a peek into the future. Yeah, I've, it would be a repeat of the last time the Ravens were in the Super Bowl, uh, you know, when they won mm-hmm. back uh, in 2012. You mean the, season, Har- the Harbaugh Bowl? As the Harbaugh, yeah. The, the Harbaugh? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I do want to ask a second question on this game. I want to ask about the MVP odds. Brock Purdy's minus 225 on DraftKings, at least as of the last time I had pulled it up last night. Lamar Jackson plus 450. They are one and two in terms of odds right now. And the reason I want to bring this up is because the Ravens are only they're plus 195 on the money line in this game. If you think the winner of this game is going to become the betting favorite for MVP, then is there some value on betting Lamar right now, thinking that he will leapfrog Brock Purdy if the Ravens win this game? Debra, what do you think? I, I think that there's there's a path. I think that there's a reason to believe that it could happen. Like if, if Lamar does go out and they win this game, could Lamar hop him? It's possible. I think the most likely outcome is that Brock Purdy is going to win MVP. Like for everybody out there, if you're betting CMC, you're betting other players, like people want to bet Tyreek Hill. Like I think you're setting your money on fire, um, honestly, but you know, bet how you will. But I think Brock Purdy is probably going to be the MVP. But if Lamar does win this game, there's a chance. 
What do you think, Fitz? Because I, I tend to agree with Debro in terms of like betting on like a CMC or like a Tyree Kill. You're kind of throwing your money down the drain. It's I do think I think, if, I think if the Ravens win out, Lamar will be up, right up there with Purdy, if not the favorite. Like I, I, do, I do think there's still a path for him. I don't really see a path for many other teams. I did mention Josh Allen last week, by the way, and, and they did beat the Cowboys, and those odds did get a lot better. But yeah, what do, what do you think about the idea of there being some value on Lamar if you think the Ravens can win this game, Fitz? I, I love how you set up this question to get us to say that Lamar Jackson is going to win the MVP award if the Ravens win this game. Worm, I am going to reject your premise, though, here, okay. uh, because L- Lamar's numbers, are I just don't think they're good enough for him to win MVP. Yep. He is eighth in passer rating. He's 15th in passing yardage. He's 17th in touchdown passes. He's not tracking for a thousand rushing yards, and he has nine fewer touchdown runs than Jalen Hurts. Mm. So whether the Ravens win or lose, and I, I think it's you know a game they could potentially win. Uh, Lamar Jackson is not going to get the MVP award, but um, you know, so I reject your premise, Worm. But happy holidays, regardless. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, I can't I, I can't argue against that. Uh, I appreciate the little bit of Lamar talk we got here. Uh, we will wrap things up there. Thank you, for everybody, for sticking with us for a long show. Happy holidays to everyone. You know, Merry Christmas if you celebrate it. If not, Merry you know Fantasy Semifinals. Go uh, go have some good time and, and celebrate that as well. So for Debro and Fitz, uh, thank you everybody for tuning in. I'm Ryan Warmly, and we'll see everybody again next week. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Pros Fantasy Football Podcast. If you love the show, the best free way to support us is by leaving a positive review on Apple Podcasts at fantasypros.com slash review or on Spotify. Follow us on X, Instagram, and TikTok at Fantasy Pros and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasy pros. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, Shoot that, shoot that! And even, Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply.